Hey you, what's happening at work? What's keeping you up at night? What's causing you frustration or depleting your wellness at work? Talk to me and with me. This is Joyce Odinison, your host with the What's Happening at Work show, where we create solutions to work, live, and play well. Join me now for next episode. Hello, hello, Joyce Odinison here, and welcome, welcome to today's episode of What's Happening at Work. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about what the faces of workplace wellness and the issues that color the faces of workplace wellness. You know, we're, we're coming to work from so many different angles and the show today is going to be focusing on those faces of workplace wellness. I don't know if you've read any kind of magazine on human resources or workplace lately, but it's all geared to those in the C-suite. It's not geared to the average employee who could pick up something and read and learn. And what we see is a lot of missed opportunities at work to broaden the mind of employees. One of the things that I have done over the years as someone who is a learning and development practitioner specializing in workplace wellness and interpersonal and conflict management and coaching, I've seen a lot of people who show up at work without the necessary interpersonal skills. You see, what happened is that we used to believe there was a time when we expected people come to work and they arrived with uh, you know, a reasonable level of interpersonal skills, some emotional resilience, good mental health. Well, you know what? Those days are long in the past. It's not a given that when you hire someone, they're going to come with good uh, decision-making skills, good critical thinking skills, uh, knowledge, uh, the ability to have good communication skills, to even simple courtesy is not expected these days. You almost like, I sometimes feel that here at Interpersonal Wellness Services, we are like an incubator for interpersonal skills. I feel like sometimes we have nothing to work with. Like people are not even coming with the basics. Some of the things that they do at work, you're like, um, I'm sorry, um, really? <laughs> You, you just like you wonder, no coping skills. People are lacking that. And, and that's the way our whole society is because we come with so many different faces, so many colors, culture. We're coming from different worldviews. And you know what? At the end of it, we have so many different kinds of stresses on us. The stresses that people are facing in their personal life these days make it very, very difficult for them to even execute good judgment and good interpersonal skills. So that is a barrier, especially when you don't already have it. You see, we come from various backgrounds. Sometimes our family, our parents didn't have the right skills and we didn't learn it mm -hmm. from them. And uh, so we're struggling. And then we come and maybe we come into an, an environment or workplace or maybe even uh, an industry where the social etiquettes are different and the expectation is different. Or we're 
in we're immigrants and we're from a different part of the world right and there is a, a little bit more refinement necessary all of those things become part of the workplace and the workplace reality so what i find is that when employers start ditching training and development to tighten the bottom line that that's a key thinking and that needs to go out of the window because in order for you to maintain a healthy, diverse, vibrant workplace with people that are thriving into personal harmony at work, you need to provide training and development all the time, even when things are tight, even when there is a few dollars you need to ensure that the people are, who are in the organization are actually supporting each other, are motivated, are engaged, and are equipped to handle the few customers that you have with delicacy so that they will come back, so that they will stay with you. It's unheard of to expect people to stay with you when they're not getting service, when they're not being served when they're not getting their needs met. So your customers will leave. It's important. And then your employees, the good employees, your high performers may end up leaving. I have met so many high performers who have left their organization and they're telling me, Joyce, I'm, I'm working with you just to kind of get my stuff together because I'm leaving. And why are you thinking of leaving? Because of the, the relationships, the work relationships, the interpersonal skills. And, you know, I did a show um, earlier this week, I think it was, a, I did a show a few days ago, and it talks about mental health and how our relationships at work impact our mental health. And sometimes we almost, it's almost as if we don't even understand or know how the way we relate to each other has a huge impact on our work and our well-being. And yes, our mental health. So when we do that, when we cut out, when employers cut out training and development, they're leaving a void. And that means your high performers don't want to stay in an environment where there is toxicity, where people don't get along, where there is a lot of infighting and conflict. That wears away at people's uh, mind. It wears away at their, their tolerance level. It's it's. It's very defeating to be always in a conflict situation, always fighting, always trying to protect yourself and watch your back. It's not a calm, reassuring, safe place to be. And if your brain is always on fight or flight, then you're not thinking, oh, how can we be innovative? What can I do? What else can I do for our customers? How can I impact? customer retention? How can I uh, elevate our services? What else? What new technology? What new innovation can we bring in? How else can we meet our customer needs? Those things are not coming to your mind when you are in a space of fight and flight. So creating an environment of psychological safety in the workplace is something that organizations have to do all the time. It's something that leaders have to do. There never is a time where you say, oh, everybody here is all trained up and they're perfect, so I don't need to spend any more dollars in training. That's, my friend, doesn't happen <laughs> because we're humans. 
And humans are prone to make assumptions, to misunderstanding, to um, having bad days. And when people are in those states, they're not thinking clearly. They will make errors and things will happen. So there always should be some level of support. If either training or coaching happening ongoing for your people, just imagine, right? Imagine your favorite football team decides, ah, things are too tight. We can't afford a coach anymore. We're just going to let the players show up and wing it and, ah, we're going to win the Super Bowl, right? Like, that's ludicrous. You, you, you wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. It just does, it's unheard of. Yet, that's what we expect to do at work. There are some organizations who actually cut out their training department. They no longer have a training and development department. Or even a personnel taking care of that. That's gone. Because you know what? They have other things to do with the money. Things are tight. They're cutting back. And they see this as priority. And they're not seeing the invisible cost to not providing people with the support they need ongoing so that they can excel. Why do we want coaches for a football team? Why do we want the best coach? Why is the coach with them at practice? Every day at practice. He's right there at, at game time. He's calling them. He's giving them new ideas. He's executing different strategy, different plays so he can refine their game so that they can excel. But we don't seem to think that's a necessity in our organizations. I don't know. Makes no sense to me. But when I talk about the faces of workplace wellness, I see all these issues that color the faces of work. Because in order for you to have a workplace wellness organization, you have wellness at work, people need to be well. They need to think well. They, they need to be making sound decisions. They need to be in a place where they feel safe. That's where we talk about workplace wellness. So when we talk about the phases of workplace wellness, we're also talking about the issues that color workplace wellness. How are we dealing with those issues? How are we stepping up our game? How is how are we as a leader? So this year, I published Phases of Workplace Wellness magazine. And I never imagined I would be a publisher of magazine. Yes, I write books and I'm an author, but it's a completely different realm. Oh, so I thought. Anyway, in any event, we release Faces of Workplace Wellness magazine and it's been a huge success. So if you haven't gotten your copy yet, do go get your summer issue. And fall issue is coming out and we're getting ready for January after a winter issue. So if you're a writer, if you're an author, you're in the space of health and wellness and you write for the individual, then you definitely need to send us an outline. You see, what we do differently at Faces of Workplace Wellness magazine is that we're focusing on the individual employees because most of the other publications in this realm, in this genre, speaking to the C-suite. They're speaking to the leaders. They're speaking to the people who write the paychecks. But we are actually, because of the work that I do, we're writing articles and we're providing content for the employees. So we want this magazine to be the one you read and you share with your friends, you share with your colleagues, and you share with your boss because you think my boss needs to know that, right? That's why we're here. 
So send to tell us the things you want your boss to hear and we will be writing about those things. What are the, what's the drama at work? What's going on? Where are the challenges? Those are the things we want to be showcasing because this magazine is for you. There are lots of other publications out there for the C-suite that speak to their dollars. You know, when you take our magazine and you put it on your boss's desk, it's actually more read because it's coming from you. So we want you to read it and forward it to your boss. So we write for you and you decide who you want to see. You decide where you want to go. You use it for as a tool, right? You use it for yourself to st start to generate the ideas and the realities you want in your workplace because that's how it goes, right? Your influence, what's your sphere of influence? You use that. So that's what Faces of, My uh, of Wellness, Faces of Workplace Wellness magazine is for. It's intended for, for you in the workplace, Let's get you, let's help you, let's talk your language, and let's help you stay well. This is Joyce Adidison, and thank you for stopping by and hanging out with me here at Faces of Workplace Well uh, magazine episode here in our podcast, What's Happening at Work. So thank you so much, and I will see you on another episode. Bye now. You've been listening to What's Happening at Work. This is Joyce O'Dillison, your host, and I want to thank you for being with us. Thank our guests and our sponsors, Interpersonal Wellness Services, Inc., the Global Workplace Wellness Summit, and of course, the Wellness Competency Mindset Movement. And if you want to hear from us, learn more or get more episodes, join us at interpersonalwellness.com, where we help you to work, live, and play well. Bye now, and we'll see you for another episode.